Welcome back to Schneider Arena here in Providence, Rhode Island. The score at the end of the second period, Merrimack trails Providence now 3-2 after two goals in the last four minutes for the Providence Friars. Uh, four minutes plus, rather. I'm Mike Mackney with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate. That's merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Well, as we said, 3-2 to two Providence now here down in Providence at the end of the second period of play. Mike McMahon joins us from the MacReport.com and uh, also the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Uh, Mike, I guess that's got to be the first question. Is 2 nothing? The Warriors are outscored that period. They've now been outscored 24-9 to uh, in the second period, which really uh, jumps out at you. In fact, the go- let's go through it. First period of play now. It is... Uh, the Warriors with a 23 to 9, or prior to the 23 to 20 edge in goals. In the second period, though, they've been outscored 24 to 9, and in the third period, they've been outscored, but it's close, only only 18 to 17. I'll put the question to you: What is it about the second period? I don't know. You know, I have to think it's more of just an anomaly than anything else. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at the first, if it were to happen in the first period, you can say obviously slow starts. If it happens in the third period, you can say obviously trouble finishing a game. It's a little weird to see it in the second, though. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know, especially where they played so well in first periods. I think, like you said, they're outscoring opponents in first periods. So, uh, I, I kind of chalk it up more to an anomaly than anything else. But that gap is becoming, you know, bigger and bigger. It, it stood out earlier in the year, but now as they continue to struggle in second periods, that's obviously going to become more and more of an eyesore. Uh, and so in that second period of play, uh, outshot uh, ten to four. They've been outshot twenty to nine in the game. Only nine shots, and yet they were in a position where they had the lead in the game throughout much of it, uh, leading two to one until late in that second period. Uh, you know, I thought it w- w- there's been a number of games this year where. Uh, you know, we thought that they played better, maybe than the result. You know, deserved better, maybe you know a tie, but they deserved a win or a loss, but they deserved at least a tie or a win. And uh, and this was a game where I thought that maybe they'd been outplayed, uh, at least Providence getting more shots, more quality chances, uh, and yet Merrimack with the lead by the score of two to one until late in that period. Um, I mean, how do you assess the, uh, you know, aside from those two late goals, which obviously is uh, is tough to give up there, but how do you assess uh, the majority of the first two periods here? Yeah, I, I think Providence has carried the play more. I'd agree there. It, it doesn't kind of feel like a 20-9 to game, though. I mean, you look at shots and you'll see 20-9, to you think that they're really getting outplayed. Uh, I wouldn't say that's been the case, though. You know, they, they've been getting outplayed, but not... Not to what a 29-29 shot differential would suggest, you know. Uh, I think it's just been more the case that Providence, first of all, has a track record. They're a team that's pretty good at getting pucks to the net and getting bodies to the net. They just, you know, their pucks are getting through, I'd say, more than Merrimack's have. Yeah, and I'd also say that the game has lacked flow a little bit. I mean, we've had nine power plays in two two periods. Uh, Providence has almost ten minutes of the power play, you know, nine minutes and 44 seconds of the power play. Uh, but shot attempts kind of tell the same story shot, shots on goal. It's 33 14 through two periods. So uh, to only have attempted 14 shots through two periods is it's really low um, you know it just I guess with the two goals maybe it, it kind of masks it a little bit but uh, it, it doesn't feel like they've only attempted 14 shots I mean 14 shots in a single period is is decent uh, but even then it, I think it would be slightly below average if you look around the country 14 shots through two periods attempted not on goal 14 shots attempted through two periods is, is awfully awfully low yeah I agree that that's uh, painful there and, and, and watching I mean the way that Providence plays is just I mean they're such a physical team they don't give you an inch uh, if you get the 
puck, you expect that you're going to get hit and so on. I mean, they're a tough team to play against, no question about it. But uh, you also have to figure that Providence is looking at that game. I think both teams are looking at that 6-6 game as a game where maybe they wanted to try to redeem themselves to a certain extent. You don't always get a chance to do that, but with this being a year where now they play Providence three times, there is that opportunity. So I'd say both teams are looking for that, and, uh, and certainly for Providence, they, they are limiting the chances against, and, and they've done a pretty good job of it. Well, yeah, I would think both teams would come in here you know, after a 6-6 game and, and look to, to tighten things up a little bit. You know, Whether you're, you're Providence and you obviously fall behind early in that game, uh, you want to come out get out to a better start. They scored the first game's first goal. Uh, if you're Merrimack, uh, you know, regardless of how that game finished up, you still get a point, uh, but you got to tighten up from, from where that game was. This has kind of, uh, this game has taken shape more, I think, like that 2-1 to game the first night that was down here, obviously. I mean, we, we don't have to see 12 goals. Um, but still, the flip side, though, because in that game, Merrimack outplayed them, yet lost by a goal. Here it looked like it could go the other way because Providence has been outplaying them, but it was the Warriors leading through much of the game. Yeah, and, you know, despite the fact that they have been getting outplayed and they've only attempted 14 shots, they're still only down a goal in the third period. So it's not like you're down here 4-2. You know, 4-2, playing the way you're playing right now, I think the game would kind of feel like it's out of reach. But it's a 3-2 game. It's a one-goal game. We've seen a ton of power plays in this game. Uh, you know, you with as well as their power play has performed over the course of the year, they could be one power play away from tying the score, and, and then the game, I think, takes shape a little bit differently in the third. Uh, I wanted, that's the next thing I wanted to ask you about was the power play. I mean, we saw even in this game here, great puck movement. I thought the first time around, they didn't get a shot on goal, however. Uh, the, the second power play opportunity, they do get the goal from Colquist. Uh, and the other opportunities kind of hit or miss there. But, uh, you know, overall, the power play is certainly, I mean, it's been around 20% here now for a while. And, and that's, uh, that's a big improvement, I'd say, over the early part of the season, certainly. But also, you know, they've got guys out there. I, I've been a big believer in... You know, power play, you have to. You just take your five best guys and throw them out there and then see what they can do. And they've been able to do that some nights and, and have some success, and tonight they do have a goal. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think you're totally right. You take your five best guys. Uh, I, I'm okay. We've seen some teams do this, even go with five forwards in the power play. I don't think that Merrimack necessarily has to do that because, uh, you know, Mark Biega, Jonathan Kovacevic, Quistu, uh, they've all been good defensemen, and, uh, good power play defensemen. I think Simon Luf is going to develop into that that type of player as well. So I don't think that they have to, but we've seen them go with four forwards. I think Tavernier uh, has been on the point on one of those units now for a while. So uh, I, I agree. I think you take your they don't even really have a point on that. I mean, it's a one-three-one, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not really. He's kind of playing that back position, that kind of that DaCosta position, top of the circle, off the corner. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, it's you, you want to take your, your best skill guys, get them out there, and, and give them some space to work with. And uh, you know, I, I think it's it's been evolving a little bit. I mean, we've seen some different personnel kind of flowing in and out, but for the most part, like you said, they've been a twenty percent unit for the better part of a year, and even going into the the second half of last year now. So we're, we're talking about a calendar year almost of them being on average 20% or even a little bit better. That's pretty good. You know, that, that's going to put you in the top 15, top 20 in the country. I think it's important for them when they have weekends like this, two games on the road, and they'll have another one coming up in Maine in a couple weeks, a few weeks, but uh, to, to, to get, you know, not just 500. For them to make up ground, they got to get three points on a weekend or even four if possible. But uh, before we let you go here, no, I know you've had a chance to watch some of the games 
games on video, watching a little bit of a different perspective and so on. Uh, you know, what have you seen and, and what do you think is going to be key here as uh, we look to the second half uh, as they need to make a run and they need to uh, win some games here to make a, a, a jump in the standing? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the same things we talked about at the beginning of the year, and it's goal scoring. You know, we've, uh, we saw the numbers last night. I think when they, they score three goals, they win. I mean, that's we've talked about this for the last couple of years about how that three-goal mark seems to be the magic number, but they're undefeated when they, they score three goals or more, and uh, that seems to be the, the magic number for this team. So if they can if they can get their offense to, you know, they're 2.4 goals per game coming into this game tonight, and we've talked about that, how that average is, uh, it's, it's, it's a little messy to understand, just in the sense that they've had some big games and then some shutout losses as well. But if they can float around, you know, 2.8, 2.9, if they can get to three over a 10-game stretch or so, they're going to do all right in the second half. And that's really what we saw, what happened to them in the second half last year. It was goal scoring. I mean, they had a 10-game run where they went 8-2. and two, They scored three goals per game. So there it is. I think it might end up coming down to being desperate, feeling desperate. We'll see. We've got a number of guys here, seniors, near the end of their careers and the end of their uh, the, the senior year. Uh, we're going to see if, if you know, they step it up like they'll have to, and maybe that'll be the difference that, that'll make it. So, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us as always. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Talk to you again soon, I hope. Folks, check out his work at themacreport.com, the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News as well. Mike McMahon, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, we'll be back with more right after this. Merrimack trailing Providence 3-2. to Back with more after this. You're listening to Warrior Hockey. Woo.